movies scare you guys anymore? I mean, this isn't my attempts to be a tough guy here, but with all sincerity, I can confidently say that movies don't really scare me like they used to. I imagine there are many of fanatics who feel the same exact way. People who have become desensitized to on-screen violence throughout the years of horror franchises. The ironic part is that most of the horror fans I come in contact with are sweet, timid, and usually the most kind people you'll ever meet. But I still don't think your average scary movie nerd is shaking his boots while watching The New Conjuring, and I mean that with no disrespect. I think it's safe to say that nostalgia is the glue that holds the horror world together. We have fond memories of being terrified of these pictures from our youth, but I don't know how many 30-year-olds who are still afraid of Jason. The movie we're talking about today not only scared me as a kid, but it's gotten scarier as an adult. Jonathan Demme's 1991 psychological thriller, Silence of the Lambs, an adaptation of Thomas Harris's best-selling novel. Hannibal Lecter is hands down the scariest on-screen human ever. He's not a monster, he's not a demon, just a man who's smarter than you, calmer than you, a man who can see through you, and if he sees fit, he'll eat you. The randomness in which Hannibal shows interest in his victims is frightening. No pattern, no fingerprints. He's always a step ahead of you. My brain just can't handle that shit. I would hope my years of abuse to my body would defer me from being on Lecter's skillet, but I'm not all the way confident. Everyone who worked on this film performed legendary, but I do think most of the thanks should be placed on Thomas Harris. The story is so rich that the movie is verbatim to the book in most scenes. That's why Silence of the Lambs won Academy Award for Best Writing and Adapted Screenplay. Oh yeah, it also won four other Academy Awards as well. The third film ever to score all major five awards. Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Picture, Best Directing, and Best Writing. Yeah, maybe that's why it lived on for three more sequels. Also probably why it made over $272 million at the box office. Hannibal and Clarice even have their own TV series now. This isn't just a great horror movie. This isn't just a great movie. Silence of the Lambs is a great story, filled with well-developed and likable characters, suspenseful turns, and I'd be a liar if I said it hasn't affected my life in a positive way. So, big episode, lots to unpack, and there's no time to waste. So why don't you do me a favor, throw that lotion in the basket for me, we're going to put on some Q Lazarus, we're going to tuck our meat back, and we're going to get comfortable. Without any further introduction, here's our take on The Silence of the Lambs. Welcome to Sloppy Horror Podcast. I am your host and your scary movie companion, Christian Ramey. And here today, again with me, the best producer in the whole wide world, Mr. Ozark Mark, back again for another week clapping them cheeks. Mr. Ozark, how are we feeling tonight? I'm feeling fucking hot as hell. It's goddamn hot outside. I'm tired of this shit. It Bring is. Bring on fall, Halloween, su- fuck summer. Okay, look, summer's great. Fuck summer. It's too goddamn hot. My ball sack is to my knees. It is rubbing together. I am chafing. Have you ever chafed? Chafing is horrible. It is. And and what Ozark is also trying to say is my AC lines and my, you know, AC in my house, they froze. So as many of you are going through this heat wave, you know the struggle. So it's hot down here. It's a little hot. But here's a cool fact. We are recording this on Friday the 13th. And that's a lot of fun for everybody. That's a small holiday for us. It's like a mini Halloween that we get to all party. And this episode, man, I had to reschedule on Ozark yesterday because we usually record on Thursdays. And I said, Mark, we got to move it to Friday. I was kind of bummed about it. But then I started thinking, we're doing today's movie on Friday the 13th. We're talking about Silence of the Lambs. Yo, bro, like you talk horror movies. This is it. This is like... Holy shit, this is up at the top. This is a horror movie your grandma likes. I mean, I don't know, maybe she doesn't. But for the most part, this crosses over to everybody. You can watch this with teenagers, with old people. I cannot wait to unpack all this shit, man. I mean, like, we're not going to do a five-hour episode on this movie, but I could. I really could. Yeah, I know you could. I, I mean, let me be a little frank with you. I've told you boys and girls, I used to I used to read a lot more. Now I kind of listen to a lot more books because I drive a lot, have a lot of drive time. But I used to read a lot more, an avid reader. 
And I loved, obviously, Stephen King books, horror stuff, spooky shit. But I love Silence of the Lambs and all of Thomas Harris's books. You know, your <clears throat> Red Dragon to Hannibal. All of these were great. They were great books, man. And they've lived on. Like, look at all these stories. So there's like, you know, all the sequels of Hannibal, Hannibal Rising. You've got the Clarice TV show. This fucking story has lived on so long, dude, and it's still making money. Sure. And then if you know this movie, you recognize the references that all a ton of TV shows have done parodies to this movie. It's this parodies to this movie is in other movies. Jay and Silent Bob, the good, he does the Goodbye Horses. You got Family Guy doing the Buffalo Bill dance. You Quick got, pro quo, Cindy. You got, <laughs> you got this. I just watched the episode of South Park with the toilet paper when they teepee the house. And they, yes, and yes. And you got the little kid acting like Hannibal Lecter in the little cage and everything. I, that's just off the top of my head, but I know there's many, many more references from this movie. This, it's The Silence of the Lambs is a solid pillar, and it's going to be around for many, many more years um, for many reasons. Obviously, the number one reason is Hannibal Lecter. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a shame because I always forget about him when you think horror. When you think horror right away, at least for me, he doesn't pop into my head right away, which is unfortunate because every time I rewatch or see Hannibal Lecter, I remember why he's he's top he's top three for me as far as movie characters. Just I would agree, Ozark. I would fucking agree with you 100 percent, dude. He is terrifying. He is terrifying, and I'm trying to figure out what it is because he's not the usual terrifying that you're used to. He's not he's creepy looking, but he's still a normal person. I've like got that's, all this. Like that's Anthony Hopkins. Like if you go out in public, he'll still look like Anthony Hopkins. They didn't change anything with him. So, so like uh, uh, for I'm I'm going to pretend as if somebody doesn't know Silence of the Lambs. Let me unpack the story really quick because I agree with you, and I have a a, a point that I think is going to hammer that home for you, Ozark Mark. Okay, sure, so, go ahead. So really quick, Silence of the Lambs. If you're not if you're not sure with the story, so <clears throat> the main character is Clarice Starling, and she's a trainee at the FBI, and she's she does really good. She's like a badass, um, but. Unfortunately, in this time frame, it, it's a hard job for a woman to have. And as a guy who's like, I'm not like some crazy, you know, speaker at rallies for everybody, but I'm just saying she's having a hard time because she's a woman. All right. She's having a tough time in a man's kind of career where she's trying to like get ahead, but none of these men are showing her respect the whole time. But they put her on an important case. Her boss kind of likes her. He recognizes her intelligence because she's smarter than most of the fucking people that she works with. She's, in, she's top tier. Well, they put her on a case. The main case in the world going on at the moment, there's a serial killer named Buffalo Bill. He's taking girls, killing them, skinning them, and currently has a girl captive. So what they're doing is they're trying to pick the brain of some of the serial killers that are locked up in jail. The trade, you know, kind of get the psychology behind it. Maybe they can help them with answers. So they send Clarice to interview a prisoner, but this prisoner is not just your ordinary prisoner. This is Hannibal Lecter. He was a psychologist. He is super smart, and he's Hannibal the Cannibal. He's known for eating his victims. Okay, the guy's got a crazy story. So Clarice goes, interviews this guy, throughout a few interviews with him in jail, and, um, they're also trying to hunt Buffalo Bill in the process. It's a thriller. It's psychological. It's just a rich, rich story. But we're talking what makes Hannibal so fucking scary. I mean, from the moment, the first moment you see him, because he's not in the, like, I don't, I don't know, this movie's maybe two hours long, and he's probably in 15 minutes of it. And that's all you really need from him. It's one of those things that we discuss. But Clarice, she goes to meet Hannibal Lecter. And she walks down this long hallway of these crazy prisoners. Like, they're, like, spitting at her. Like, one's, like, beating off. And, like, they're, like... Dude, Dude. I always forget <laughs> about that part because... It happens when she walks away. I forget some dude just threw nut in her face. <laughs> Take that. How you like that? How you like that, man? I... I'm just trying to think of who came up with that idea. Like, imagine in the in the in the script writing room, like, all right, she walks away, and that one guy's there. What if we throw nut in her face? So I'm actually. Like, I, I, and somebody I, went with that, but 
I, I'm not going to lie to you, Ozark Mark. Now, I will touch base with you and let you know, with me being such a reader of this book and reading it so many times, a great thing about this is, like, it's verbatim damn near to the movie. Or the book and the movie are very, you know, they coincide very well. Like, there's parts in the script that are fucking word for word. And that part with Miggs where he throws the he throws his nut at her, mm-hmm. that's in the book, man. Like, he's... Well, that's good because um, that's probably why I think this movie was so successful because movies that are based on books, if they don't stick to the book as much as possible and they try to go off a different direction and things, it really doesn't work that well. They don't last that long. They don't become this legendary like this one is. So that's probably why, I think. And if they do, it's going to have beef with the writer, like Stephen King and Kubrick with The Shining. It'll be a thing. So I I agree with you. I like how they stuck with it. Let me ask you this real quick. What do you think is more popular among people who have seen between the two movies, The Shining or The Silence of the Lambs? Uh, I would say Silence of the Lambs. I, I'm willing to bet, like, because even though, here, here's the thing with Silence of the Lambs, even though it could be classified as like a, a cop drama, it could be classified as a thriller or just a crime movie, we're claiming this as horror because, hey, it's horrifying. And it won all these fucking awards, Mark. Um, and, and this isn't even a fact I'm going to save for our, our, our later but this this won like all of the five like best actor, best actress, best picture, best like everything. I forget what they all are, but it's it was the third film to ever do that to win all five of the Academy Awards. That's how fucking incredible this movie is. Oh wow, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, it's like I don't even care who you are. It's a story that could suck you in, and people that don't necessarily claim it as horror i mean at that time when it was released they didn't want to call it horror because of the stigma Mm -hmm. at the time think of the movies coming out around 91 that were horror movies they didn't want to put this in the same chapter as like people under the stairs or things of that nature even though they're great movies this is something else so it lived on if you could pick between the two i would say more people watch silence of the lambs because it is scary and scary But I think The Shining has more terrifying uh, moments as far as like ghost kind of stuff. So maybe your typical viewer might not watch that or be like, oh, I don't like scary pictures. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think you can get your fucking Aunt Linda to sit down and watch Silence of the Lambs with you. I think even your most um, atypical person would watch this. Yep. Well, it's a very enjoyable movie. And even in the non-horror aspects life, it's, it's it's a film. Like this is an actual Yeah. Film. A great story. Uh-huh. Super thick. And and what you were saying about Hannibal, what makes him so fucking scary, Mark, as soon as Clarice walks down that hallway, I'm not sure if you remember, but their first meeting, and this is this is my favorite part in the movie. Like and, and I'll touch base on it later still, but this is my favorite part, hands down. It's in the book, it's in the movie. When he first meets her, he's standing. And he's got this like real fucking like eerie kind of pose. He's got a great posture, and he's just got this kind of sh- real small grin on his face. And he's very calm, but direct and serious. And he like sees fucking through you. That's crazy, man. Like, could you picture being like, "Hey, what's up, man? How are you? I'm Ozark." And he's like, "You've always wanted to be an Ozark, haven't you? But your parents didn't name you that, didn't they?" You always seem the need to change a name, to see bigger in the crowd or the lights. Tell me, Christian, did you always like white bandanas? Why do you like white so much? Right. A... <laughs> like, exactly. And it's like, hey, I'm not ready for that smoke always. Like, And he's actually right. Like, he's not like, you know, usually if you're on the internet and somebody's like, oh, and they talk shit to you, it's no, like not real. I mean, real. he sees right through you. He gets everything correct. It's it's pretty much insane. Um, I think it's it's his calmness. Yes. really is eerie because... I mean, you said from himself. Who's the uh, who's the, the the guy's name? Who's the uh, captor of him? In charge of him? What's uh, his name? Ch- Chilton. Chilton. So Doctor yeah. Chilton. Yeah, Doctor Chilton's there. And when he's talking to Clarice before Clarice goes in to see him for the first time, it's like, yeah, like you know, after that's after he he ate her tongue. His heartbeat didn't go above eighty. Like that's nuts. That it, was that was a great part. That honestly, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie when he's telling her like, hey. When you go in here and deal with Hannibal, you better be on your A game. Don't give him anything. Don't give him any staples, paper clips, anything like that. The last girl that tried to fucking go in there and trust him, this is what happened. He showed her a picture, and like Mark just said, his heart rate when he was eating her tongue, his heart didn't go. Above, <laughs> heart rate didn't go above eighty. Like what? Like that's 
<clears throat> that's a whole nother level, but I'm really going to get to a breakdown here because <clears throat> there's a lot more going on. There's metaphors. There's all kinds of shit. So Clarice and Hannibal is my favorite love story out of any movie out of anything, it's my favorite love story because Hannibal is a fucking animal and he likes to play with his food. If you are a person uh, that's dumb, Hannibal's not and fucking intrigued by you. But from the moment she walks in, she says, hello, I am Agent Starling. Um, I would like to talk with you if that's all right with you. And he said, like, from the very beginning, he's like, you want a Jack Crawford's, aren't you? He didn't say hello. I'm Hannibal. He's all. It's a game of ping pong. This whole conversation. I'm not kidding you. Be it fucking radio, phone calls, TV shows, movies. This is one of the best interactions between two people, like, ever. Because there's being they're playing with each other. It's so it like makes my hair fucking stand up. He's like, you're one of Jack Crawford's, aren't you? And she's like, yes, I, I, I'm here. Um, you know, to ask you a couple questions if you'd like to answer. Blah blah blah. And he's like. Jack Crawford's in a trainee. Or no, he has to see your credentials. Remember? He's I like, see your credentials. Closer. Closer. Very creepy, right? And she's like, you know, you could tell. And he looks and he says, it's about to expire. You're a trainee. You're not even in the, an agent yet. And she said, no, sir. But the thing with, with Clarice is she's pure. And that's why she's kind of Hannibal's kryptonite. Because most people, I, he Hannibal ends up getting like a crush on her. And this like weird, he loves the banter back and forth. Because she's like a, a Captain America. Just always like kind of rat. Sticks to the, you know, hard work and that's it. She doesn't have much sin. And it's like really hard for him. Because he usually uses that against people as a psychologist. He always is reading through you. So... She says, you know, she's going back and forth, kind of also answering his questions with questions. And then um, he said, you wear Evian skim cream, except not today. And you know he's right because she doesn't respond. And she says, like, ah, ah, can you look at these and give us your opinion on these? And he says, no, 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 no. You were doing so good. Because before that, he says, what did Miggs ask you before he walked down the hallway? <laughs> And she said... Uh, no, what'd he say to you? Yeah, he said, what did he say to you? And Miggs, he's that weird guy we were talking about that beat off. And he said, <laughs> I can smell your cunt. <laughs> you know, and he said, what did you say? And Clarice, you could tell it made her uncomfortable, but she's like real like, he asked if, can you smell your cunt? And he says, that is weird, because I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, just so like chill, right? Like, he's so chill but he's messing with her. He's playing oh. with his food, seeing how far to run away. He's the ultimate mindfuck. Dude, he is. But he gets really mad because as soon as he says, no, you're doing so well, you'd blah, 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 and he's expecting her to buckle, and she says, well, you're either going to answer it or you're not. And he gets kind of shitty with her, and he says, you know what? I see past your cheap shoes and your cheap bag and that accent you're trying to cover. You're just one stage away from poor white trash. And, you know, you could tell it got him. Mm -hmm. And, like, when you're just watching it casually the first time, you don't think that. You're like, here's this creepy dude. But the more you watch it, watch how that works. He's in charge. He's in charge. The skin cream, the this, the that. Like, you know. And then she says, you're either going to answer it or you're not. And he's like, it really caught him off guard because he gets real shitty with her. And then Mig starts screaming in the cell down there. The, the, the scene starts to heighten and the music starts to heighten. And he says, go away, Starling, fly, fly, fly. And she starts to go away, and then he says, wait, Starling! And he brings her back, and he gives her one last little interaction. Now, the reason I've chopped so deep into this is because every time they talk, it's like that. It's a game of ping pong of control. And his kryptonite is her, because you could tell he wouldn't want to kill her. If he had a choice, he would want Clarice to accept him as he is and, like, marry him. You know, like he really fucking loves her because she's so pure. It's oh, man, it's it's like seriously my favorite relationship on TV because he like obsesses with her and it's very playful. Like it would be like if your husband was Hannibal and he actually loved you and didn't want to eat you, you'd have like the coolest, most like fucking cultured husband ever. Because like you said, he's so calm looking Dude, the, the entire scene where he kills the two cops. Calm 
as shit. Classical music. Class- on? He's just classical <laughs> music, just looking around like. Oh, here we go. I can use. Here's a knife. There we go. All right. Ready when you are, Sergeant. Just he. You should. Anybody else in the world should be antsy, be trying to escape a place where cops are. He's just casually enjoying himself because he knows he's in control and he, he knows, knows what's going down the whole fucking time. I'm sorry, Marco. Yeah. Just putting that there. Um. He, yeah. He he's in control. He's scary when he's killing the cops. There's no fucking um. So, like, say a Jason or a Michael or whoever, there's, like, a rage. There's, like, a, I'm going to knock your head off. I'm strong. I'm a beast. I'm going to overpower you. Yeah, it's nothing with him. It's the same level. So calm. All the way. But his stare, though. The shots of his eyes. I picked a shot of his eyes behind me this time for this episode because that, his stare is... I can't even explain it, the way it makes you feel. I guarantee you it makes you feel a little bit unsettled when the camera goes right into his eyes and it's staring at you. The close-up face shots of Hannibal Lecter talking. Yes. It's unreal. It is. There's a really funny, like, right when you go to that first scene, right when they talk, if you press pause right when it goes to his face first, like right before the talk happens, he's got this real funny fucking smile. It could go, like, behind you, too. It's great. Um Weird fact about Anthony Hopkins, I did not know, but he stated that he is on the autism spectrum. Like, I heard that recently. He said he's, like, slightly autistic. So it kind of adds to his reason of why he killed Hannibal so well because he's so, like, articulate, almost just got that, um... He's just got a different thought process, brother, and it's fucking eerie. You don't want somebody thinking through your shit. Like, you don't even want to go to your friend's house and then be like, well, if you didn't date that last person, maybe you wouldn't be in this situation. You don't want your friend saying that. You'd be like, fuck you, dude. Like, I don't want to hear your shit. Like, if somebody could literally look through you with just meeting you and just, like, drive a nice car, don't you, Mark? You like nice cars? You're like, don't. Don't start with me. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> Will you Leave shut? Me. No. No, we ain't doing this again. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> You like nice shoes, Christian? You like these? That's the problem, though. Every time I watch this movie, I start talking <laughs> like him. And I, it has to be annoying to anybody. <laughs> it has, it has it to has. be. Unless it's you, because you will get it. But. Quick pro quo. <laughs> Clarice. So, so you like the Rolling Stones, huh, Christian? You used to roll stones as a kid, but you never made it quite. You never quite made a wheel out of stone, did you? It's probably because you never had a bike. You never had a set of wheels like the other kids, did you? Because your father was poor. Did you probably... Never got a baseball card to put on the clothespin and make your thing sound like a dirt bike. You always wanted a dirt bike, didn't you? But you didn't. I can't handle that kind of stuff, man. Is that why you brush your teeth so often? It is. They're large. They're large. But Clarice, she gets through them. I'm mm-hmm. telling you guys, it's like one of the, you know, when you go down in history, when you got like, you know. Why the, is Clarice not like the face of women power? She is actually. You know, it's really strange. Um, with Jodie Foster, she's like, she's known lesbian. Uh, she's gay. Good for her. But she is like, in that world, I mean, I don't know. I'm st- speaking as a straight guy, so I don't really know that world that well. But what I'm stating is, like, I know she's large in that community, and a lot of girls love Jodie Foster. Um, mm-hmm. And I could totally see why, dude. She's a fucking badass, dude. She And she takes out Buffalo Bill. Like, this whole time, she's, like, dealing with one of the craziest individuals who live on the planet, if not the scariest. Like, and not in a boogeyman, not in a Freddy Krueger senses, in, like, a real-ass way. This dude's educated, and he's fucking scary. And he's thinking and obsessing of you. Like, I don't want any prisoner obsessing over me. And then on top of it, you're trying to save. You're trying to save from Buffalo Bill. Now, here's what we're going to do. Because this movie's so great with those two characters, we can't not mention Ted Levine's character as Buffalo Bill. Ted Levine's a great actor. First off, <clears throat> one of the coolest fucking voices in the world. Yeah, yeah he does. Was she a great big fat person? <laughs> yeah. Hey, are you a size 14? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love him in everything he does. He was in a Hell on Wheels. That was a great show. He's just a great actor. It's just the, 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 the characters really, really make this fantastic. And that's back to the basic elements of a movie is characters. If you don't got great characters, your movies only go so far. It's the characters that make it. And you got this tri- trifecta of Clarice, 
Hannibal, and Buffalo Bill. It's perfect. They'd be perfect. I mean, if you put them all on a map, they'd make a perfect triangle. It's, I agree. It's perfect. It's I perfect. I agree. I agree. You're not you. There's no lie in that because not only are they perfect in the triangle, but it breaks off further. Like Jack Crawford. What's that guy's name? What the hell is that guy's name that plays that fucker? Um, um, what's his name? What's his name? Hold on. Let me look at my notes over here. Mr. Huh. Christian Ramey. Scott what's his Scott name? Glenn. Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn. Yeah, the actor he played uh, Jack Crawford, so, uh, Clarissa's boss. Mm-hmm. And. That's like a top tier fucking actor. He's amazing, but even like the he's a real actor. Yeah, even the guy that played Chilton, he's a great actor. Um, all of these people, like you know who I really liked, and I think is probably your favorite character in the movie. Like aside from the horror, mm-hmm. <laughs> when Clarice, because like Hannibal starts sending her out on missions, like mm-hmm. on little like playing games of Clue, telling her shit so she can go research. And he sends her to the storage locker. <laughs> and there's like, when she gets there, she can't get in the door. And it's like this Russian dude. And he's like, nobody's been in here 10 years. <laughs> like, uh, and like, I don't, he's like, he's just a funny character. He's really Oh, no, cool. my, I would test my driver, but he does not like manual labor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it's so good to me. I don't know me. either. I love that guy. And that guy's sitting in the car. He looks like, like an old ass. Yeah, that guy looks pissed at his life. <laughs> like, fuck this. I love that guy. He, that, he looks like an old, like. You know the characters that are in like the old old like magician lamps or something. I feel like he's yes. a guy that owns a warehouse full of those. He does, like. dude. He like owns Gizmo and the Gremlins. Yeah, like, yeah sell him to that you. Guy's awesome. Yeah, man, yes, that's that's funny. Certainly, Miss Starling. Like, but he was great. He was believable. Uh, and then we also so at some point Buffalo Bill is has a girl captive, and this girl is actually a senator's daughter. And um, he's keeping her captive. Buffalo Bill's M.O., if you're unfamiliar with the movie, is he is – he's actually – they say he's not trans. Or that's what Hannibal said. But he is just in a weird thing where he likes to cut off the flesh of women and like a suit. And he's like stitching together a suit and he wants to wear like women's suit and walk around uh, with it. And but like that's what he would do. But it was like really weird because he's like he was abused and it was like one of those like victim grew up to be monster kind of deals. Well, he's got a girl captive. That's where you hear the the legendary it puts the lotion on its skin. Mm-hmm. You know that's um because he's got her down in this well and he keeps making her put on lotion because he wants her skin. Obviously, one of my favorite quotes from this movie. It's like when shit starts going down towards the end and Catherine down in the in the well, she's getting she's trying to save her life, man. She noticed there's like fingernails stuck in the tunnel. Like mm-hmm. she noticed that people had died here. And she could, ends up getting a little dog to come up to the top of the well. Buffalo Bill's little dog. Mm-hmm. And she gets him. Like she has this little bucket up there on a string. And she pulls it and it knocks the dog down there, right? Mm-hmm. And she says Mister, I got your dog. She's hurt real bad. <laughs> I don't know why that hurt. That fucking makes me laugh so much. <laughs> Mister, I got your dog. <laughs> She's hurt real bad. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> like, I, I laugh at that. But that girl crushes it. She's terrified. Like, you oh, believe yeah. her. It's She's real. It's, she, there's real terror in that girl's eyes, it looks like. As a person who knows horror movies and knows girls in horror movies, there are a lot of prime examples of bad acting. Uh, uh, and not just girls, guys too, but just that... Ah, this girl's going fucking nuts. Crushing it, dude. Whole movie, superstar actors, they're all gelling, they're all killing it. And it's all from this groundwork laid out by Thomas Harris. Thomas Harris crushed it. With his story, I'm telling you, if you were to read the book, if I were to send you the audio book and you were to listen to it, it would just sound like you were listening to an audio version of the movie. Like, you wouldn't be like, what the fuck are they talking about, man? Can I give you a cool little tidbit about this, too? Sure. So, that reminds me of Blair Witch, when you say sure like that. Sure. Yeah, well, it's like Boston, but there was a part with Josh where they're like, can you run the cameras? He's like, sure, when they're in the hotel rooms. Uh, I don't know why I say that, dude. Throughout our lives and the time we spent together, the reason we say things, I don't know why we say them anymore. I don't even know where they come from. You keep them up. You know what's funny is uh, Cassandra, she went to go get her eyelashes done or whatever, and she had an eyelash appointment. And the, the 
lady was had major pain on in the background, so she was just sitting there, but she has to close her eyes so she can't watch the movie. So she was listening to major pain. Yeah. And she comes, she's like, I never realized how many of your sayings came from this movie. I was like, really? Because I don't remember like half of them. <laughs> I know. Like they just end up coming out. Yeah. What'd you find a piece of candy in your pocket? <laughs> so an interesting theory that I heard, because the score is an actual score in this movie. It's like a you know symphony pulling it in. Interesting theory, and it might not be a theory. It might actually be what the fuck it is, but I've never heard anybody from the production team say it. So the score in this is Clarice's feelings. The whole like and, and like it's like kind of one of those Wizard of Oz like uh dark side of the moon kind of things, but maybe it may it is totally what it's supposed to be. What I'm stating is, as you're watching this, as the score is going on, because there's a lot of scenes where Clarice is alone, and you're watching her process events. You're watching her at work kind of get the shaft from all these asshole dudes who aren't giving her respect. You watch her after, like, even after that first interaction with Hannibal, somebody for real just threw fucking semen on her face. Hannibal just looked through her, chewed her apart, and that fucking weirdo Chilton asked her on a date. Right? She just went through all this shit. Like, you know what I mean? In like the short amount of time. Yeah, that score was pretty intense during that when it all happened too. Yeah. Well she walks out and she just goes, just took a breath, bro. She didn't like ah like she held her shit together, bro. Like kept her cool, but the score is getting heightened. It's always her feelings. Even that part where she's going through the storage unit, like it's starting to build and then she finds that uh head in a mm-hmm. jar and it's like up here. Watch Silence of the Lambs again, and as the music goes, pretend. That's the, that's the thing. That's I'm starting to see why. I'm that's very believable. I know it's just a theory, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's true because that makes a total sense. And now I'm thinking about scenes, and I'm thinking about the score in it. This yeah. movie, dude. This movie gets a lot a a whole lot better when you understand more of what's going on when you start paying attention to things. It's like, like The Departed. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, just the first interaction between them two, like, it's so, you dissect that, and then you watch it again, it makes it so much better, even though, like, you know. It's gorgeous, dude. It's insane. Like, you have to watch this movie maybe, like, 20 times to make sure you catch everything and really appreciate it for everything that they did. For all of you guys who are, you know, horror fans that listen to our shows and know Silence of the Lambs, we're going into spooky season. Please watch it again and very much look at that ping pong battle between Clarice and Hannibal. It's such a love story. It's such like a, uh, I love watching him intrigued. Like, And, and I thought that was really funny because um, when he says, no, 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 you were doing so good. You know, he just immediately broke care. He was letting her in. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I'm running a game here. You don't know. No, no, no. Let's keep it going. Keep keep coming back at me. Give me a reason to read this. Come on. You're doing good. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such like a, he, he's such a fucking playboy, but his level of like play and banter is deadly. It's like when you see a fucking uh, uh, a lion playing with the baby gazelle for a couple seconds before it takes it out. Mm-hmm. You're like, uh oh. Uh oh. You're going to die, little thing. You better get out of there. You don't know what's happening. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. That's amazing stuff. Do you, what's even weirder, though, like, I've been thinking that I know a couple things. Have you found things that you've known in life? Yeah, probably. All right, let's 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 think about it. I know. fucking hot down here but welcome to the what do you know here we're here to tell you something that you may or may not know about this movie now if this is your first time here you're about to find out what we know and if you don't know what we know you're gonna know what we know and then you're gonna have a we know gasm but if you're here again and you already know what we know we know together and we're like two dicks in a chinese finger trap here we are (laughs) fucking in for it okay so stop laughing this is serious this is the what do you know here stop laughing that's right. I told you I was going to throw something at you. I threw something at you. You're fucking with my vibe here. What were we saying? Dude, oh, yeah. What do you know here? Chinese finger trap. 
I've never heard. You know, I almost got past it without laughing. Do you fuck with me here? So, why don't you tell me something that you may or may not know about this movie here? Okay. Yeah. So, as always, when big pictures come out and things are going on, you're gonna have different actors, actresses interested in a project. Uh-huh. Maybe sign up and maybe join. Yeah. Well, it was supposed to be somebody different besides Jodie Foster to play Clarice. Okay. Who's who was supposed to uh, play Clarice? You ever seen that movie Scarface? Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. The blonde bitch. Yeah. That would have never worked. Yeah, it would have never worked. Never worked. She was supposed to. What yeah. happened? She didn't do too good. Yeah. She's no. She's a good. She's a great actress. She was in all kinds of other stuff. She was. Yeah, sure. I'm not, not. Not look. I'm not knocking her as an actor here. I'm just saying, bitch, you ain't no Clarice. Yeah, that's true. Jodie Foster. I don't think it would have worked any other way either. So, but yeah, yeah, that's what happened there. So that's a pretty good fucking fact right there. Yeah. I got a fact here for okay. you okay. that you may or may not know about this movie here. Okay. So you know, uh, you know, uh, people often rate movies. Okay. You got the critics out there. You got oh, yeah. people that tell you about the movie and tell you what to not to do. You know, go see it or not, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you remember the show uh, Cisco and Ebert? Oh yeah, we talked about those yeah, guys. We this, remember yeah, those you know, fuckers. Those fucking assholes who gave Friday the Thirteenth like one of the worst ratings ever in history here. So yeah. that fucking asshole, Gene Siskel. Mm-hmm. The skinny guy with the glasses who you want to slap in the face. Mm-hmm. That guy. Mm-hmm. This son of a bitch. No class. I'm telling you, no class. No fucking class. He gave this movie a thumbs down. He gave it a thumbs down. Whoa. I didn't even know that's possible. No, that's horrible. Even with gravity, it's impossible for you to talk about Silence of the Lambs. Even relax your thumb. Watch, I'll relax my thumb right now. It's still up. It's still gonna it's be It's still up. up. It's a fantastic movie. Gene Siskel, what a fucking asshole. I know, and I feel bad for that guy, because he, like, I don't know if you saw him, like, his last few years on Earth, he, like, did not, like, he was going through some medical problems. He didn't look great. I felt bad for that guy, but every time I'd see him, I would think about how shitty he would review all the horror movies, and how, like, I mean, I get if they're not your picture, but, like, you have a large platform, a movie platform, but, you know, I guess it kind of helped, because by him shitting on it, it made him that much better, because I don't think I'm gonna like the same movies that guy liked anyways nah, it's so, all about it's all about taste here and I, uh he he uh he didn't have the acquired taste can we get the list of his thumb downs movie and i'll probably like all of those his what the movie he thumbs downed his he, what all the movies that he gave a thumbs down to. oh thumbs down yeah i thought you said thumbs down all the movies he had a thumbs down for are probably good movies. Oh, I'm sure they're great movies. Yeah, that's probably the best movies in the fucking world. I know. You ever watch a two-star Netflix movie and it was great? Yeah, all Same the time. presence. Same presence. All the time. So that's great. That's all I know. Uh, do you uh, know any other facts about this uh, movie, The Silence of the Lambs? I do. I oh, do. Of course you fucking do. Jesus of course Christ. I do. So okay. you know the the actor Gene Hackman, okay? Uh-huh. The actor Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman, yes. Okay, he's a great actor. Sure. He was the coach in Hoosiers. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, he was going to buy the rights to this book to make it into a movie, and he was going to star in it. But uh, I think he got he got tied up in Mississippi Burning. He got tied up in that movie, but it was almost done by Gene Hackman. And, you know, same kind of thing as Michelle Pfeiffer, both great actors, but wouldn't have worked. So happy the way it went down. You know, it's the, it's the way it's supposed to be, sweetheart. And it's an Orion picture. There's something cool about Orion because it was a company that went away, you know, for a while. It was like, you know, the production company obviously was the one in the stars. Yeah. You know. Same yeah, said Orion, I know. And, you know, Child's know Play. Yeah, yeah, I know what it is. Great memories. Great it's memories. Great. It's a good, good times. Good, good times. Great. When I was a child, a boy. Yeah, no big deal. Okay. What are some good facts? I There's like that. There's some great facts here. Okay. Okay, well, I guess until the next movie, I think we're pretty covered up. I'm smarter. Good, because you need to be. Because you don't even got your goddamn headphones on. Uh Uh-oh. This fucking guy. Oh, now I can hear you. This fucking guy. (laughs) I am smarter, though. Because of those facts. And you are smarter, too. So congratulations to you. You are smarter. You did something today. 
That's not a movie I hear facts on often. Like, say, last week we did The Burning, and it was like, oh, Tom Savini did this instead of Friday the 13th Part 2. Like, everyone's going to tell you that when about that movie. And it's like, fact is kind of larger than the movie itself. You don't really hear many Silence of the Lambs facts being spit out there, so. Dude, there's too much about it. Too much. There you go, boys and girls. Too much about this movie to cover everything. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um... Ozark Mark. Uh-huh. Favorite part of the show. One of the favorite things I like to do and you like to do. I think you invented this segment. I probably did because I invent everything on this show. Look, what is your favorite part of this movie? Oh, Jesus. Oh, boy. Well, I have a favorite part, but I have one other thing that is my favorite, but it's not really a part that I want to mention really fucking quick. Sure. That cop's sergeant's mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the fuck dude? is killing me? It's like a half-ass. It reminds me of the, <laughs> it reminds me of like the Pringles guy, but it's like so thin and horrible. Like that's the worst mustache I have ever it's seen. It's like a musketeer's mustache. I <laughs> laugh every time that guy is on screen. The inside or out. Like, I remember watching this again before he first comes up. Like, I bursted out laughing. So next time, boys and girls, you're doing this movie and you see the sergeant of the police, you know, when Hannibal's escaping, he's down there. His mustache, you won't look, you can't look away. It's like he's on a, the fifth floor. It's like, it's like Austin Powers looking at that mole. I can't look away from it. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to mention that part real quick because I always love that guy's mustache. But uh, I don't know, man. I got to go with uh, the infamous Buffalo Bill scene where he is dancing. Oh, yeah. How have we not talked about that yet? I don't know. Oh, man. You've seen it parodied in The the Clerks 2. It's in The Clerks 2. I think Family Guy did it. I mean, it's all. I've seen it on TikTok. I mean, what an infamous scene. Oh, my gosh. And that's a great song. That Mm -hmm. cute Lazarus Goodbye Horses. I do me so hard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Goodbye. It's just, especially at that time, it's it it was a little bit more unacceptable, so it was a little bit more shocking than it is today. Like, I mean, there's drag shows all over the place. Like, it's very acceptable for a man to dress like a woman, or it's acceptable for for a man to be the woman. Like, this is acceptable nowadays. 1991, it was a little more taboo. It was a little bit more underground. It was not as as it out in the open. Yeah, man. So that that really launched it. Yeah, they could shit. They could still get a lot. I mean, there's a lot of hate out there now in the world. So I can imagine 91, it was a little bit rockier of a climate. Mm Mm-hmm. But that, so that just added more shock value to it, to where people, I guarantee you, first time they're saying it, like, what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? But it doesn't help that it's comedic. Right. It's, he puts like this fucking nipple ring in, and he's like, the song is just, (laughs) <laughs> the song is perfect. I don't think any other song would have worked for it. I, I, dude, it's like a beautiful piece of cinema. It it needs to live on forever. Mm-hmm. It's great, man. It's just really funny. Uh, yeah, man, what a great... What, that's a great... I don't know how we haven't talked about that yet. You picked a good fucking scene, man. Well, that's because you do all the talking most of the time. I'm sorry, man. It's all right. It's you, a medical condition. I talk. I'm a salesman. What was your favorite part, Christian Ramey? Tell me about it. What are you going to pick? I think you said it before. Are you going with that same one, or you got another well, favorite part? Well, that's like a 10-minute scene, that opening like banter between Clarice and um, Hannibal. But there's a part, I mean, it's one of the legendary lines where he says, because uh, he's starting to get pissed off once. You know, he's starting to get pissed off because she's giving it right back to him, but in a professional way, and uh, he says... A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Mm-hmm. And, like, he just said it with this, like, crazy-ass, like... Just his look, his facial expressions, his stare. Oh, I don't think... Man. Do you remember seeing him blink ever? Does he blink in the movie? Like, at least when he's staring. I don't think on so, On fo- close-up of his face? I don't think he blinks, like, ever. He I don't may, think so. He either. might blink. He, he, I know he has to blink at some point in the movie. I know he does, but I don't remember seeing him blink. Yeah, I don't either, dude. I don't either. I kind. You know, it's a part that I also kind of like. Um, 
I like seeing like the him at the end because it it added like a fucking scarier element to it where it was like uh, he was free and he was at that fucking restaurant and he's like just dressed in like his like Panama Jack clothes just chilling dude nobody would know who the fuck he is dude if no. you're a server you could be serving this guy he's like holding his drink with a napkin and stuff like he's so smart yeah he's he's he can fit right in there he can be among you you don't even know it. and there's no telling who he like like most killers or most things are predictable mm-hmm. you're like why did jason pick you oh because we we're having sex at his lake oh, okay well just don't do that like, why were you killed by Michael? I was, like, hanging out with his sister. Yeah, don't do that. Don't Mm-mm. do that. Like, everyone, there's usually some kind of, like, self-explanatory. Because I don't know what Michael Myers would do in the sense if he did see, like, a mom and her baby. He might just walk away. Mm-hmm. You know? But Hannibal Lecter, there's, like, no telling who he's going to put his thumb on. It's, like, so scary, dude. He could just come to his rest- your restaurant and be the most polite guy ever and so smart and sweet and tip you and just be so cool. Or he could eat your face. Like, what? Out of nowhere, too, because you don't know when it's coming because he's the same calm, same level. Oh, 100%. dude, that's fuck, dude. Like, mm-hmm. if you really start overthinking that, like, that's the shit that can keep you up at night. Because he's not, like, just some, like, I'm fucking crazy, and everybody sees him, and they're like, oh, let's put this guy on a psycho ward. This guy is a guy that you would nominate for a job. You'd be like, oh, this guy's super smart. He's a fucking doctor. Like, I trust this guy. Yeah, I love the I love the transfer scene when they're in the air- airport hangar, too. Oh, yeah. Gotta mention that part, because he comes out in the infamous cart, with the Hannibal mask on. It's like an appliance dolly, dude. Like, yeah. they're like, you're wheeling him on it, and he's like all strapped up to it, and he's got Just his like staring. mask. He's got that insane mask on. Mm-hmm. And he fucks with the governor's, whatever, she's a governor or something, whatever she is. Like, senator, yeah. Yeah, he fucks with the senator, too. Like, yeah. he just, he gives no fucks. There's no, he has nothing to lose. Yeah, and he's kind of like talking shit to her. He's like, I'm going to help you. But he was like, you breastfed her, didn't you? Do you still feel, uh, uh, is your nipples hurting, missing her? Like, he was like kind of fucking with her. I paraphrased. And he's being a dick, but as she's like walking away, he says, oh, and Senator, nice suit. Or he says, I love the suit. <laughs> love yeah. your suit. <laughs> and he looks so weird because he's like in this fucking mask, but you know he meant that. Like, he meant that part where I love your suit. And... You got you remember in Rob Zombie's Halloween where he killed Danny Trejo and it was kind of sad because Danny Trejo was like I was good to you Mikey and he was like cool to him the whole fucking time yeah. and that showed how crazy he was. Well, there's kind of like a minor part in that. So like when they transfer Hannibal to this new jail, Hannibal kills these two cops and it was kind of out of necessity for his escape. He knew he had to, but it was like. These dudes were super fucking nice to him. They were like somebody's dads. They weren't asshole cops at all. Like, as soon as they got there, they are like, well, hello, well, you know, I'm agent, or I'm fucking officer blah, blah, blah. I'm officer blah, blah, blah. We'll be good to you if you're good to us. We'll treat you fairly and, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you get good meals and a place to sleep. And, like, they were super nice, dude. Like, as mo- like they did not have to be like that. Like, you're an infamous murderer. Like, they could have been like, fuck you. Like, I'm a, you come up in here causing a yeah, ruckus. Yeah, he didn't even put the, put the food on his painting or drawings or anything. He folded them up for him. Super nice, dude. Yep. Super nice. Like, but you just, uh, it, it's like a fucking lion. They're beautiful creatures. They're, like, so elegant looking, but you just don't know. In a split second, they could just. Mm-hmm. Man, that was really, like. I was kind of sad seeing those officers get it, you know, because he uh, he fucking he manages to handcuff that one while he's getting his dinner. But he's like, he's got me. He's got me. And then it just it goes down. Yep. It's down. That's all she wrote right there. Yeah. What a classic, man. What a classic. This is a classic. So we have to rate this classic with the usual segment of. It is the sloppy horror rating. Mm-hmm. This is the part where Christian Ramey, he's going to rate this movie. He really likes movies, doesn't he? He likes to watch them as a kid. He watches them as an adult, a teenager. He really likes watching movies all the time in the bathtub. You can still hear the movies, can't you? You can't hear the movies in your mind, can't you? You could probably go a whole box set of movies. I don't know why you buy movies anymore. They're already in your head, aren't they? 
So this is the uh, part of the segment here where uh, Christian Ramey he's going to rate this movie. We got the nice solid system here. It's pretty solid. It's a 10-point system. Four categories. Three of the categories worth three points. One category worth one point. For a total of 10 points altogether. <laughs> That's right. I said it before you, so fuck you. It's 10 points that accumulate all to the final score. Well, why do you always go with the southern voice when you say 10 points altogether? This is Brown. You're very predictable, aren't you? See, you go here. Look at you. Okay, just first of all, just look at yourself in the mirror. Look here, brother. You talk you, to, you you talk talk to me. Be, I say 10 points altogether. Which you want to be fucking whatever you got over there. Okay? Now. Look, we've already done Italian guy accent from, you know, from Brooklyn, as you like to talk. We do Southern man. I like to do the Southern fella. Hey, Southern guy is really it's fucking really fun to do. Yeah. I'll tell you, man. I'll tell you. <laughs> I, te- I tell you. Yeah, I was with my Meemaw, and we had watched that Hannibal, that, that Hannibal Cannibal movie. Yeah, my Pop Pop looked like that, too. I, I and tell he's you. Got a, he's got a Jeep Wagoneers. We got Papa John's Pizza, and we had watched that Hannibal movie, and mate. Me and Sissy, we couldn't go to bed for weeks. For oh, fucking man. weeks. All right. Daddy sure. had come in there. He had said, what y'all watching one of them spooky pictures? I'm, I'm not going to let y'all watch none of them no more because last time you done Junior done wet the bed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. get Yeah, get to I don't even now. remember where I am anymore, God damn it. Um, okay. It's hot. I said, I said the whole spiel. I know. My Fiji is warm, empty, and gone. You want more? No, I don't want your fucking nasty ass. I didn't drink out of it, I promise. Why is it down here then? I opened it and I poured some in Lexi's bowl and I haven't drank it. I've been drinking the... I promise. I, I On everything. You just hit my camera. I'm so sorry. I am off center here. Oh, shit. I don't know if people can see me anymore. I don't want your damn Fiji Okay, water. I'm sorry. I felt bad. I was giving you a life source. <laughs> a source of a life. life source. <laughs> I'm gonna use that every time. <laughs> That's a good one. You're seventy percent water. Oh man, just order. Just go to a restaurant. What, what can I get you to drink? Uh, the source of life, please. <laughs> <laughs> just see what they say. The source of life. <laughs> the source of life with frozen pieces of the source of life. Yes. So. Fuck. Um, okay, so we're going to go on to the first category here in the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. That is casting for The Silence of the Lambs. Ten. Great. It has to be three points or oh. zero points. It's points. Other than zero. No, 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 no. As we've been laying down, first off, Anthony Hopkins. Uh, hello. <laughs> Jody Foster. Hello. hello. Dude, all these people... Everybody in this movie, they're actors you recognize. Not all are A-plus actors, some are B, but they all fucking deliver. And I'll tell you another reason. You remember how I told you that this movie goes pretty verbatim with the book. It kind of matches up, like even specific conversations. If you were listening to the book in your car, you'd be like, oh, I'm fucking watching the movie right now. Some of the descriptions of the characters were a little different. Like, they just had different attributes than how they described them in the book. Didn't matter. They killed it. Like, obviously, the casting person picked, like, they're trying to pick the person the closest to it. But even, like, Chilton, he looked a little different than, like, the book described him. Described him. But that actor, every movie he's in, he just looks like the squirrely little fucking guy that you don't like. Yeah. And he murdered it dude murdered that role i even liked his assistant the the barney guy's like hello i'm barney i'm gonna take you down i'll take your coat barney needed more screen time though he did dude thank you barney (laughs) i liked him okay so i'm assuming you're gonna go with three yeah three for sure for sure that's a three so that's three out of ten so far let's go to the next category here in the sloppy hole podcast rating that is kills so ozark we don't have a lot of kills in this, but let's lay down what we do have. Let's lay down what we do have. All right. Um, we have the kills of the cops. As we discussed, Hannibal reaches out, bites his face, beats him with a, um, a nightstick. And the after effects of how he props up the bodies and kind of stages up the body for the other cops to see 
And what Hannibal does to get out is he wears the skin, like he puts the face of a of one of the police officers on his face, and then he puts on the police officer's outfit. It makes it look like he's one of the officers, but all fucked up, so they put him in an ambulance. That's a pretty, like, gnarly scene. Like, that's pretty gnarly. Uh, uh, it sucks, because I, I feel like they're... That's I guess that's what the sequels are for, because, I mean, you need more of that. Like, oh, that's yeah. That's crazy. Um so I'm gonna give this a fair one and a half. Um, I like if the, the whole movie, if there was like one more scene of like that, I would have gave it a three. Really? Yeah. So I'm gonna give it a one and a half because those are great kills, but when you're competing with movies like The Terrifier, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Wrong Turn, Friday the Thirteenth, that just give us a plethora of deaths every twenty minutes. Silence of the Lambs is a strong, amazing movie, but it's not for the kills. So I'm going to give it a fair one and a half. Okay, fair one and a half. So that is four and a half out of ten. Going on to the third final three-point category here in a Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. That is fear. Basically, is this movie a scary movie? So for anybody who's familiar with the show, this is actually the toughest category. This is the toughest category for you to get a three. Because I'm uh, casting I'm pretty liberal with because you don't have to be a uh, A-plus actor. All you really have to do is work together on screen. Do I believe you? And at that point, I'm like judging the casting director. Picture my three point rating for casting almost on the casting director's shoulders like did you do a good job of picking people that work together um but when it comes down to fear it's really tough because we're dealing with older movies a lot of times and sometimes cgi after a few years doesn't make it as scary it's close to our heart we love it the concept is scary but it's not actually fucking scary Silence of the Lambs is still fucking scary. The book is scary. I don't like the fact that somebody can look through my shit. Even the Buffalo Bill aspect is creepy, dude. Like, that that's some shit, Especially dude. if you're a woman, because, I mean, he does the scene where he has the abducting scene. Like, that's the... You know for a fact that if a guy is struggling in a cast to put a couch in the back of his van... Don't go! Yeah, fucking don't go. I don't give a shit. Don't help him. Do not help him at all. (laughs) Never. But that innocence, it's it's like it takes just like that. It does, man. And and I know, like, I mean, we're two straight males, obviously, and it's harder for us to like. I mean, I'm not gonna say like, you know, this is uh, we're always in touch with feminism or women's rights or whatever. But just as two guys, like, just regular ass dudes. We can see the female struggle. We see Clarice, how much of a badass she is. Mm-hmm. You can see Catherine and her struggle. This whole thing is like a fight for women trying to like overcome like dudes in a certain way. And like, I mean, it should be 50-50. Girls that work hard. Clarice was the hardest working agent, you know. And um, even Catherine, man, she managed to like pull some psychology on Buffalo Bill a little bit. He was weak. She got his dog. And... <laughs> It's kind of funny because at the end, um, Clarice comes through. What's it? So it's a really fun little thriller down to the fucking end. So Jack Crawford and the other boys think they've caught Buffalo Bill. And they're like, we're going to his place to catch him. Little do they know, Clarice is still hunting people down, hunting down leads. And she winds up at the door of Buffalo Bill unbeknownst to, like, the other FBI members who are going to a separate location in another fucking state. Like, I think it was another state. It was just not close to them. They're, like, a whole nother location, right? So Clarice is in Buffalo Bill's house by himself, and he cuts all the power. He's got, like, these night vision goggles. Sets up for a really kind of cool scenery. It still holds up. It looks really cool now. But, like, Catherine has lost her shit by this point. And she's just like, ah! and she's screaming out. And like Clarice comes in and like she says, it was a dude comment. It was like, I'm going to need you to come down. <laughs> it was like kind of like, I'm here to save you. Everything's going to be good. You just, you know, chill out. I, I'm paraphrasing. But it was like she just pretty much hit her with that. Just shut the fuck up. I'm taking care of shit up here. You need to shut the fuck up. But the FBI is here now. You're good. And Catherine's just losing her shit. But I always laugh at that part. It was like. That part, I mean, as a grown-ass man, 
If I'm sitting down here watching this movie by myself and that like ending little sequence where the lights are out and then she doesn't know it's him right away. She's talking to him and she's like, oh, do you know these people? And he's like, oh, I can get you a card, blah, blah, blah. And it starts to get weird. She looks up and she noticed all these moth posters and she sees a moth and that's been a part of the leads for all these dead bodies. Mm hmm. And she realizes, oh, shit, this is Buffalo Bill. And as she's going through this house, it's like all the shit she's worked so hard to find. Now she's fucking here. Mm -hmm. And you don't see Buffalo Bill. But he pops out at the end. She fucking shoots him. She kills him. She's the hero. But Hannibal escapes jail. So mm -hmm. it leaves an open door. Yep. Closes one. Leaves one open. Well, like, what a fucking beautiful story. Thomas Harris, what a beast, dude. I hope he gets infinite BJs, dude. Like, for the rest of his fucking life for making this story. I hope right now, as we're talking, Thomas Harris is getting his balls sucked on and his fucking helmet head as he speaks. Because this is great, dude. Even a Clarice TV show. Have you seen that, dude? It's decent. Like, I haven't watched all of them. But my daughter and I, we watched, like, the first five episodes. And it was good. Like, it was fucking good. This guy makes rich content. I love Stephen King. I love him. But sometimes his story or his characters step into, like, their book characters. They're a little silly. Like, they have these little quirks to them. Thomas Harris has, like, maybe not as many ideas as terrifying as Stephen King. Stephen King has crazy ideas. But his characters, bro, fuck, dude, to write this book all this time ago. All this time ago. And we're still fucking talking about it. And not like a regular, like even like the burning we did last week. Yeah, we're talking about it. But the Silence of the Lambs is relevant as fuck in 2021. Goodbye Horses Dances on TikTok, Clarice TV Show, all this shit's going on. This is good, man. This is good stuff. Did I give you a rating for three? Because it's for, 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 for fear, because it's fucking three, man. It's fucking three. It's scary as shit. Okay. Good, because I'm pretty sure I thought you forgot what the fuck we were doing. It's three, so baby. So it's three. So that's seven and a half out of ten. We're gonna we're gonna just gonna skip the next fucking category because he fucks with the movie. So that is eight out of ten altogether for the Silence of the Lambs. Now, if it had probably one or two more kills in it from Hannibal Lecter, it would be ten out of ten fucking for sure. But it's not. It's eight and a half out of ten. Now. That you've went on that goddamn longest Slobby Horror Podcast rating segment ever. We're down to just about a minute here in our show. So. I got to tell you something, though. Real quick, real quick about the rating. Okay. I'm talking about rating a horror movie. Sure. Like, because if you ask me, like, what's the Silence of the Lambs, like, movie rating? If somebody says, do you recommend this movie? It's a 10 out of 10 movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just saying horror movie. And as we touched before, it is more horror than anything else, but it's kind of everything. So, like, as a horror movie, eight and a half, that was the score? Eight and a half, eight out, and of, half out of ten, yes. That's a solid score as a horror movie, and it's not even a full horror movie. Sure. So you're saying, I've got a few seconds here to tell the people what's going on. Yes, okay? you do, or anything. Okay, anything so Anything you want to tell them, now is your time. This is episode two of our 13. Episode season, okay? Episode 12 and 13 will release on the same date. Our 13th episode will be on our Patreon. If you do not want to get it then, it will be released to you, sons of bitches, on Sunday, a day earlier than usual, and that Sunday will be Halloween Day. So, you boys and girls, while you're hanging out with your kids, you have an off day probably because it's Sunday. Maybe you don't, and I'm sorry, you can listen to us on the way to work. But if you have an off day, you can listen to some spooky stuff this is going to be a real fun episode for ozark and i okay good good stuff also reach out on our platforms here find us on tiktok facebook instagram we are so close to making this our only profession it's not even funny and we're so appreciative for all you guys for helping us get there but we need more listeners we need you folks to reach out and very soon, you will be able to find our P.O. box. So for all the stuff that you guys want to send us, some of you guys have sent us stuff, but I can't give my address out to everybody in the world. You know, there's a few people that I've known and trusted that have listened to us for a while. Um, but there's a lot of people requesting that. So merch is soon. P.O. box is soon. We need your folks' help. We need your love. So you just tell people. If you enjoy the show, let other horror fans know. Help Sloppy Horror out. Be a pal. Okay? 
be a pal. Be you, a good person. Yeah, if you're on Apple right now, give us a rating, an honest rating. You help us out, we help you out. We will entertain your asses like 10 times more than we can now, but it's kind of hard. So, you help us out, we help you out. We give you endless content. Uh, We're pretty fucking entertaining people here. I hope so, man. I, I hope, hope so, so, too. I hope so. Our wives don't think it. No, no. What are you going to do? What are you going to do here? Hey. So that's great. Well, we could talk about this movie for hours, but I hope this gets you a good little hype to go watch it. So make sure you go watch Silence of the Lambs. I'm sure you'll find it on streaming platforms. It pops up every once in a while. Or you can find it on YouTube for free. It's for free with ads. Yeah, it is. So... That's where you can watch Silence of the Lambs. So, on behalf of Christian Ramey, your scary movie companion, and me, your favorite producer and person in the world, Ozark Mark, we are out this bitch for this week. We'll I love back. you. We'll be back next week. And guess what? The only hint I'm giving you for next week, things change. Think about it.